Welcome to Snazzy Stories. Put some pepper in thy step and lend an ear to the terrific tales of the past. Welcome to Snazzy Stories, everyone. Today, my story is about the Christmas tradition of having Christmas trees in our homes. And whether you go out and chop down your own tree and then bring it into your house and realize that it's too, way too big for the spot that you had picked out and hopefully it doesn't fall over, or you pull it out of your garage because you have a fake tree or you have a fake tree that is a flocked tree, whatever your tradition is, the fact is, is that we have this tradition from other people. Other people brought this tradition into America and America was actually, we were, the American people did not really grasp onto this tradition very quickly. It wasn't until the 19th century that it really got going in the United States. But it, but using evergreens in your homes for many different purposes has been used throughout history by ancient people. And oftentimes, actually, ancient people would put evergreens in their homes and they would put up uh, the boughs up above their doors and their windows because they believed that that would keep out evil spirits or keep away witches or specific uh, sicknesses. Many ancient people believed in, and different cultures, they believed in the sun being a god. And so when winter came, it was believed that these, the sun god had become sick. But in December, the winter solstice occurs on the 21st or 22nd of December. And that is a signal for the sun god to be getting better. And so they would oftentimes bring in the evergreen boughs and put them again above their doors uh, and their windows. And that was a signal of new life that, that the farms would be coming back. The orchards would be coming back specifically the Romans as well. The Romans uh, had the feast of Saturnalia, which many people have heard of probably. And uh, that was dealing with the winter solstice too. And so they would use evergreens in their homes as well to produce that. Now, now it wasn't just the Romans that, had evergreens in their homes. You also had the Celts. They would use evergreens as well in their temples, and it was a symbol of everlasting life. And you also have the Vikings in Scandinavia area that they would also be using evergreens because they believed it was a special plant from their own sun god. And so many different cultures were, have been using evergreens for, for a very long time before it even came to the United States. And the German people are the ones who are credited or given its dues, I guess, of bringing the American tradition to life. In Germany around the 16th century, oftentimes they would bring Christmas pyramids in. So they would bring these pyramids made of wood into their homes and then they would decorate them with the evergreens and also candles as well. Now Martin Luther, the Protestant reformer, he is also given credit for lighting up the Christmas tree. It was said that he was walking home one evening and he saw the stars through the trees and he thought it looked so pretty that he wanted to recreate that. And so he brought in a Christmas tree into his home and he wired candles to it. Now, probably not necessarily this, <laughs> uh, the safest thing to do. However, he wanted to recreate this for his family. And he did so. And so that's kind of where we get the lighted trees at Christmas time was they would wire candles to their to the branches. Now, when the Germans and the Irish start, immigrants started coming into the United States, that's where we really start to see a change. However, they started coming in the 1830s and 1840s, but the Americans did not really uh, pick up on this tradition very quickly. It, it wasn't until the late 1800s that they really started 
taking up this tradition of putting Christmas trees in their homes. And one of the reasons probably for that is is the idea of Puritanism within the United States. The Puritans, when they settled uh, in the United States, or in the colonies, really, or in the New World, actually, I guess you could say, they were very serious people, and they did not approve of many things, uh, dancing, types of games, gambling, uh, but they also did not approve of celebrating Christmas in terms of any frivolity whatsoever. It was a very serious holiday. It was a very sacred holiday. You went to church, and that's what you did on Christmas. And they actually passed laws against decorating. If you were caught decorating your homes in any way, then you um, then you would be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> now, because of this kind of idea it has been passed down from generation to generation, the whole Puritan idea in the United States, uh, that could have been a reason why the Americans took a little bit longer time on picking up this tradition. However, in the late 1800s, Christmas trees started becoming something of an American tradition. It became a little bit more popular. And the German people and the Irish people were really the ones who started this, and the Americans finally picked up on this. But what's interesting to think about is is that oftentimes Europeans, they liked their Christmas trees to be a little bit shorter. They liked the four-foot trees or the five-foot trees. However, Americans liked them to be bigger. They liked them to be, you know, all the way up to the ceiling, which is kind of interesting. I guess for me as an American, I just always, that was always something that I assumed everyone in their in their houses would have. Would be, it would be a little bit taller. It would be, you know, taller. But I guess Europeans at the time, they, they like the shorter trees. Americans would oftentimes, they would decorate with homemade ornaments, which is still true today. Oftentimes people, they make homemade ornaments. You have kids in school, in elementary schools, still making homemade ornaments, and they uh, they make these ornaments, and they bring them home to your, their parents to give them as gifts, and then the parents are also proud, and they put them on the tree. Uh, so that is something that Americans started, whereas uh, Germans... They still believed, or and German-Americans oftentimes, they would continue to use fruit. So they would use nuts and apples. They would also use uh, popcorn. After the popcorn was dyed different colors, bright colors, then they would lace the popcorn together. They'd put berries in between. They would use, that was more traditional for them, whereas Americans started using uh, homemade ornaments. And then when electricity comes about, then you get the Christmas lights, and they don't have to use candles anymore, which is definitely a lot safer, right? I am so glad that the American culture caught on to Christmas trees, because I loved hunting Christmas trees when I was younger. When I was younger, we actually went down, we went and cut down our own tree. Uh, We didn't do the fake tree thing. We went down and cut cut down our own tree, and it was a pinion pine. I love pinion pines. That was there's so many different types of trees that people bring into their homes for Christmas trees, but pinion pines were my favorite because I grew up with that, and so I still get pinion pines uh, for as an adult because I love the smell and it has great memories for me. So we went to a place called Pine Valley Mountain, and you would think that with a place called Pine Valley, that there would be a lot of trees to choose from, a lot of pine trees to choose from. Well. Not necessarily. We actually had to hunt for for quite a while to actually find a tree that would fit into our home uh, because we didn't have vaulted ceilings, and so we couldn't get these humongous trees necessarily. They were bigger than four-foot, five-foot trees, but they weren't 
absolutely, you know, we had it, we had a smaller space to be able to put our tree into, which was fine. Um, I really didn't care. The fact of the matter is, is that I just love to go get Christmas trees. And so, um, but this is, but it was kind of difficult sometimes to find a tree that would work. So it took a little, little bit of work for us as a family to find a tree. Now, when uh, the day it came that we were going to go and hunt our Christmas tree, my dad would go to the BLM and he would get a tag and it was like $10 to get a tag so we could go chop down our own tree. And the day came and we'd wake up and my mom would be in the kitchen and she would be making hot chocolate. So she had this big pot of boiling water and she would be making hot chocolate for us. And then she would put it into a big thermos, a big like, you know, athletic thermos, you know, that you would see at a, at a basketball game sitting on the bench and whatnot. Uh, and so she would put it in that thermos, and then we'd load that in the car, and then we would load the, the cups, the paper cups that we would bring. And then we would go to Albertsons, and we would get donuts, and that was so exciting. And I don't remember ever thinking that I was deprived somehow as a child that I never had donuts. But for some reason, I only remember really – I mean, we just didn't have donuts all of the time. And so I guess it was really a big deal for us to have donuts. I thought it was so cool. And we all got to pick out our own, which when we wanted – you know, the most and our favorite. So we got to go to Albertsons to pick out donuts. And then, of course, my dad, obviously, he would also take his truck. So we sometimes we would take two cars. Uh, sometimes we would take our van and we put it on top of the van and tie it to the van. Or he would take his truck and then we would follow along with, uh, with our car. But um, he would always have his axe. He always, obviously, he had to have an axe to chop down the tree. But I remember specifically, like, this vision in my head of my dad carrying around this axe all around the mountain, finding, looking for this uh, Christmas tree for us. So we go to Albertsons, we get the donuts, we get back in the car, and then we head off to Pine Valley. Now, once we get into Pine Valley, uh, we decide where to stop, find a place to stop, and all of us get out of the car, and we start walking around Pine Valley. Now, we have four kids in my family. So my mom and dad, they kind of went off a little bit. We usually stayed, well, I'm the youngest, and so I usually stayed with somebody, uh, with one of my siblings or my parents. But it's kind of interesting because we all kind of split up a little bit. Now, we were in the same sections, the same areas, but we all were kind of split up. And it is quite amazing, actually, that we did not get lost. Back in the day, we didn't have cell phones, but even if we did have cell phones, there's no service there. <laughs> so it wouldn't have helped anyway. But we kind of, we just started yelling back and forth to each other to make sure we could hear. If somebody started yelling about that they'd found a tree, then we would head in the direction of the sound of the voice that was coming through the trees. Um, it's kind of interesting that we did not get lost. I'm actually fairly impressed that we never got lost. But then once somebody started yelling, we would go to that person's tree. We would check out the tree. And then if somebody was yelling across from somewhere else, then we would go somewhere else. We'd have someone stay by the tree and then the first tree. And then we would head towards the other tree. We'd get there. We'd look at the tree. We'd kind of compare. And then we would keep somebody who had already seen both trees there at both trees then we would send the other people so we would rotate around so we could so everybody could see a tree now if somebody didn't like one of the trees we say no I don't like this one I don't think it's very good if a couple people said no I don't like it then we just say okay then we would bring everybody back and we would go look again uh but we would just be yelling all over on the mountainside going around looking for trees once we found a tree that we all liked then my dad would start chopping down the tree with this his axe and then he and 
my mom and then my older brother usually, especially when he, you know, got older, he would help uh, take the drag carry slash drag kind of (laughs) the tree back to our cars and then my dad would put it in there in the back of the truck or sometimes he might actually tie it to the top of our van just depending on what we took that year Uh, and then we would all the kids would sit in the cars because sometimes it was really cold sometimes there was snow out there so we'd be tromping around in the snow and we are not used to tromping around in the snow we're not used to snow because we live in the southern parts of utah so we lived in the southern parts of Utah, Utah, and it does not snow down where we lived. So we were not used to that. So it was so cold. Sometimes there wasn't snow, but it was just so cold. The wind would just get so cold for us. And to us, again, like we are not used to the cold, really. So we would sit in the cars and we'd be drinking our hot chocolate and eating our donuts. And that was one of the best memories that I have growing up is this tradition of bringing these, of uh, uh, bringing these trees into our homes of going and hunting the trees. And we would be able to come home. Usually that would happen on a Saturday. And then Sunday night, we would all gather around the tree and we would decorate it. And that is definitely one of the best memories that I have. And it, that's the thing is history is all about memories. History is all about people and culture and what they're doing in within their lives. And so, so every memory that people make uh, every choice that people make, that's a part of your own personal history, and that can form history for a culture. Just like the Christmas trees, they've been passed down from generation now, generation to generation, and they have changed throughout the years. As I've said, people used to just put evergreens in their homes specifically to represent everlasting life or new life uh, coming within uh, the spring or to keep out evil spirits, and it's kind of changed throughout the years, but the fact is, is that we still do it because of these people so many, so many years ago. And we're creating our own memories and creating our own traditions from these people. Come back again for another story on Snazzy Stories, where everybody has a story. Merry Christmas.